Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So hear me out. It's free. My father-in-law always says, the only thing better than cheap is free. So take advantage of it. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit from your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the podcast platforms out there. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to know to make a podcast in one place. So, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of The Hog Talk. Help us get our message out by subscribing on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast platform. Once you've subscribed, be sure to share with all of your fellow hog fans on social media. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Yellow Jacket Drive-In. I'm one of the hosts, Ty Hudson, from the Pig Trail Network YouTube channel. And to my imaginary left, <laughs> all the way down in South Arkansas, is my man from thehogpen.net, Jacob Scott Davis. How you doing, sir? Hey, man. How you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I'm in a surprisingly good mood, all things considered, with the uh, 0 for 2 in the College World Series. But other than that, I'm doing all right. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Uh, especially when you're up three to nothing in the third inning, and Heston Kerr's stats seem to be on. But look, you at this point in the year, you know you're bummed about it. Okay, you're ready to move on to football season. Okay, but look, you look at it and you're thinking, hey, an eight, a final eight appearance in the College World Series, you can't beat that for a team that was predicted to even just host a regional. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, honestly, they they went above uh, everybody's projections. Anybody in the preseason SEC West projections were saying Arkansas's the third to fourth best team. And look, Arkansas led the SEC West for the majority of the season. They tied for first place, which I think they ended up winning first place just because they swept uh, swept Mississippi State. So, I mean, Arkansas, they were sitting in good position, and they just came and ran into a buzzsaw of good pitching. Uh, especially against Florida State and Drew Parrish. And then you, you face Texas Tech, you're up 3 nothing, and then, you know, you you uh, you surrender five five runs in a row, and you just that just spelled the end of the season there. Yeah, and we talked about this on the last podcast, and I think we talked a little bit about it on the Marco Polo, on the Marco Polo app asking me about like how far can they make it to the college world series championship. And I was so reluctant to answer that because, uh, you know, just the simple fact that away from bomb since postseason started, Arkansas struggled a little bit, you know, and I went back and I looked at their hits. They, they hit the ball pretty well. Their hitting wasn't terrible. I still think it wasn't obviously what it was when compared to playing at bomb. I get that. It's going to happen. It happens to everybody, but it still wasn't good enough, and they just, for whatever for whatever reason, they just seem like they're a different team on the road. Now, I'll be honest with you. I'm not trying to take away anything from these guys. I mean, anytime you have 40 wins in a season, that's pretty incredible. And you're right. They were not picked 
they were not picked to make it this far at the beginning of the year. Nobody had them going to the to the College World Series. It stinks they went over two, but it is what it is. At least they got there. So, but I, you know, they were very average away from Bomb Stadium, and you just you you got to be obviously above average away from home if you want to make it far in the in the College World Series, which is strange because last year they really they weren't near as good away from Bomb Stadium during the regular season. You know, no. they 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 won halfway through the season of the 2018 season. They had, or excuse me, the 2019 season, they had more total wins away from Bomb at the halfway mark than they did all of the previous season. Yeah. So I think, look, for everyone who's bummed out, and, and I know there's a lot of people who are kind of on the outside looking in when it comes to college baseball and even the Razorbacks, even though we're all diehards, I think they're in pretty good shape next year. You're going to have some some heavy hitters coming back. You're getting back a lot of your bullpen. You're going to get Connor Nolan back, who I think you know he's going to get a whole off season to to develop and you know work on work on his his on his pitches. And and you're going to get guys that are they've got they've got a whole off season to work on their weaknesses. Now, unfortunately, I think their biggest weakness was postseason play away from bomb. Which to me that says that they I don't think they have a lot of things that they need to work on. They just simply maybe that was their youth that shined through. You know, they just weren't used to being in that position. That you know, these freshmen. I don't, I don't know, but uh, yeah, it was a disappointment going over two in, in Omaha. I I thought they would at least win a game. Oh yeah, I, I really did not see them going over two. I didn't. I don't think anybody did. So um, there is that. So moving on to the next. To the next topic, Arkansas last year, Jacob, and I know you recall this, everyone who pays attention to Arkansas recruiting recalls this, is when when they had, when Chad Morris hosted this barbecue event last year. July 26th, they're going to have a bunch of, of visitors. I, I'm not sure if what their exact number is going to be. It looks like they're targeting somewhere around 20. Mm-hmm. But yep, you right. and I have We've had a chance to kind of look at the uh, at the list. Uh, someone had forwarded me a list just uh, yesterday, last night, and uh, you and I have looked at it. Tell me your thoughts on on these guys coming in and 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 who you maybe if there's someone out there they don't have already added someone maybe you'd like to see. So, how do you want me to answer this? Let's see. A guy I want to see would probably be a Chris Morris. Out yes. of uh, Memphis, uh, or a Garrett Hayes, Arkansas is in dire need of offensive linemen, and it, it you know it's been three. We're going on three years now talking about oh what's the what's the worst uh, positional group right now at Arkansas, and clearly you can go to two different positions, and that is either the offensive line or linebackers, and we've gone on and on and on and on about the linebackers, but offensive line depth is the killer or the believer of any team in the country. If you're going to have a solid bowl team, you've got to have solid offensive linemen. You know, even even in the year under under Bielema uh, in 2015, you had a solid offensive line. You had Sam Pittman and all. But this year right here is where you're going to see if Dustin Fry and Arkansas's offensive, offensive line is going to have to improve. They're either going to take a step back, they're going to stay stagnant, or they're going to improve. And it all starts with recruiting. And Chris Morris, he's an offensive lineman, uh, high four-star ranking out of Memphis. Uh, I think it's Memphis High School. I think it's University Prep. 
I'm checking on that right now. But he's projected to be a guard. Don't get me wrong. This guy, he's 6'3 and a half, 287. He looks the part. The tape, you can tell he mauls men in front of him. The guy has offers from Tennessee, Alabama, Ohio State, A&M, 34 others, and Arkansas. And it was believed, I mean, Arkansas was really the first one on him. So you really want to see uh, Chris Morris be a Razorback. Uh, Auburn's on him. Florida's on him. Florida State, Georgia, Indiana, Louisville, LSU. You can you name an uh, SEC Power 5 school. They've already offered Chris Morris. He's the number one guy that I want to see Arkansas try to get to the uh, cookout. A guy that I really am looking forward to seeing, though, in uh, in Fayetteville on July 26th is Brian George, four-star defensive back out of uh, – I'm pulling him up right now. Bell Glade. Bell Glade, yes. Uh, man, 6'3", probably a gen- maybe a generous 6'3", 6'2 I think of 205 pounds. The guy has legit size, SEC speed, and everything you pretty much want in a defensive back. You've missed out on so many defensive backs in this class so far. You think about Joshua Moten, who, uh, who's out of uh, Maryland, who named Arkansas in his top schools. You had Ryan Watts, already committed to OU. Lorando Johnson, who Arkansas had a chance at early, already committed to LSU. I mean, you have so many guys that you missed out on. And you got to find somebody. And Brian George out of Highland Community College, I think Belglade High School, Florida, class of 2020, uh, four-star on uh, 247 Sports. And he's got offers from Arkansas, Auburn, Miami, Nebraska, Alabama. I mean, he has legit offers. And they're committable offers. I mean, you want to have a guy his size, his stature in there. Uh, that's a guy that I really think if you get him to campus – you automatically have a shot at getting him uh, as a commitment. He has no crystal balls right now either, so so there, it's all up in the air. Yeah, I I like that you mentioned Brian George. Uh, yeah, big time would be a, would be a nice addition to this class. And we don't we haven't really touched on corners or secondary in this recruiting class. And I haven't even on my channel. I've not really touched on recruiting that area. But you mentioned. You know, we mentioned offensive line, but another position that we talked about last, well, probably the last couple of weeks, linebacker. They yep. have, they have right now, according to to what I'm reading here, six linebackers coming into this to this barbecue on July 26th. That's and correct. Martavius French, Bryce Bryson Eason. I don't think they're a package deal. I think they're going to go their separate directions. Uh, but you got those two, and I'm trying to pull them all up here. Uh, let's see. You've got Catrell Wallace. We all know who he is. Holler, Bryant, Arkansas. That's right. Three star. Down the road. Good grief. He's he's six five, two ten, two fifteen. Yeah. My goodness. Uh, you have let's see. Aaron Moore, another mm-hmm. another three star kid out of uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. GI Jones and Jalen Jones, who are I, I didn't know this. They're actually they're twins. Can't mm-hmm. tell by looking at them. I don't think they look anything alike. I looked them up earlier when I when I got this list, and I I, I, re- I didn't even know they were related. Then I, I looked at, oh, well, they both play at South Oak Cliff, and you had mentioned, yeah, they're twins. I was like, what? No way. Yes. But they're both uh, – Jalen Jones, they're both class of 2021. That's, uh, that's the other thing. So, you know, obviously with this barbecue, just like last year, you're going to get guys from the current and the, the current class of the next class. Yeah, the next class. Mm-hmm. 
Jalen Jones, a little bit shorter, a little bit shorter than maybe a Sam Aljabudu. He's like a 5'9", you know, 5'8", 5'9", 200-pounder. And then Jai Jones, his brother, a little bit bigger, a little bit bulkier. He's about 5'10", 5'10 and a half, 230. Again, they're both class of 2021, and they're three stars. But linebackers and and, uh, uh, offensive line, I agree. They really need to get on get on some offensive linemen. Tykes Crawford, who's already committed to Arkansas, 6'5", 3, 335 of the 2020 class, four-star. He will be there. Uh, and I feel pretty confident that he'll sign with Arkansas when it's all said and done. I think they right now that's the only two offensive linemen, him and Brady Ward. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if you had mentioned him earlier, but Brady yeah. Ward is the other one out of uh, Mobile, Alabama. He's also class of 2020. And he so, may not be as highly rated as a lot of offensive linemen Arkansas has already offered. But this kid has legit SEC offers, too. So you can't overlook him out of Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, anytime. I don't know what it is with Arkansas and recruiting kids out of Alabama, but they've had success at bringing those three-star kids in and turning them into you know NFL draft picks. Yeah, uh, Trey Flowers, Darius Filon. Yep. Yeah, and he does have – look, he's got offers from Alabama. I, now – whether that's a committable offer, and you have to say that these days, I yep. don't know if that's a committable offer from Alabama or not. But six seven three ten three star, according to both rivals and twenty four seven. Last I looked, our Alabama, Arkansas, Kentucky, LSU, and Oklahoma all have offers. And oh yeah. Of those, Arkansas has the most tackles on campus, uh, according to let's see what was that twenty four seven Sports. They have eleven. Yep. You know so, but. It's about, like you said, filling up along the line of scrimmage and adding some quality depth, and that's what it's all yes. about. And so. you also have your committed players. You have Chandler uh, Chandler Morris in there. Uh, a guy that I was really surprised that's coming is Todd Jordan, three-star running back out of, out of uh, Dallas, the Dallas area. And I can't remember what school he's in off the top of my head. I think I, I can Mesquite. Was it Mesquite? Yes, yes. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm yes. probably butchering it. <laughs> no, he, no, that's that's right. He he's a guy that has legit four four speed. Uh, another guy that you you have these Traylon Traylon Smith and you have uh, you have Chase Hayden. He's another he's another guy like that that fits that mold. Uh, just kind of undersized, but a, a pretty good all purpose back. What Arkansas wants to do with the football out of the backfield is having those shift short shifty backs. And you got to remember, I mean, Chad Morris calls this a smash mouth uh, spread. So you have the guys like Rakeem Boyd, who, yeah, he's a little bit bigger, but he has uh, lightning speed. You have Dev Waley there too, but you also have a guy like T.J. Hammonds, who's not a not a big back, but he's shifty and uh, very good in open field. So you that that's kind of what you're getting out of Todd Jordan here. Yeah, he's also what's interesting is uh, I'm pulling up 24/7 Sports now on him. I thought he was. He was looked at heavily by USC and Tennessee, and the last I talked to anybody about him is he has a boatload of actual committable offers, and I'm, I'm pulling it up now. He does have – he's projected to Texas. Yes. Um, but I, I don't know. You know, Tennessee, USC, Arkansas, Baylor, just to, just to name the other Power 5 schools that are in on him. He's, again, 5'7", 183, three-star. According to 24-7, he's a pretty high-ranked three-star. You never yeah. know when you get guys like that. They could get, they could get that bump for those of you who are obsessed with the star power. 
uh, he could get that bump. So, yeah, I, I agree. Ty Jordan was a surprise to to get on campus. Assuming, again, we have to remind people this isn't 100% that they show yeah. up. Right. It, right. it never is. They had last year, they had guys that said they weren't coming that did. They had guys that said they were coming and didn't. So, it, it, you know, it's going to be until July 26th, we're not going right. to We're not gonna know 100, 110% for sure. So, yeah, you we, oh, did you have something else? You can go on. Uh, you, uh, I was talking about the committed, committable uh, guys that were already already committed to the Hogs. You have Crawford. You have Greedy Vance, probably one of the most underrated defensive backs in the class of 2020. You have Brandon Frazier, who's a tight end committed. I think that Alan Horace was supposed to be coming. I think he's on one. Of, he's on the list of maybes. He's already committed as a tight end. And then you have Mason Mangum, three-star wide receiver as well who's already committed to the Hogs. Yep. Uh, so you have pretty much almost your whole uh, list of guys that are already committed to the Hogs that are going to be at the barbecue. And it could, it could grow to maybe 30 guys. You never know about you never know about these kind of events. But the one last year, like you said earlier, was very, very uh, eventful. Uh, you had a lot of guys that ended up committing after, after the visit. Yeah, they did, and that week was incredible, and that's why I think it's such a big deal. July twenty sixth, that whole week, going into the first week of August. Of course, you you know fall camp is right around the corner, yeah. and um, it's a big deal because last year they ended up. I don't remember how many people committed, but I think Burks and his teammate, both those guys, both committed mm-hmm. several days later. Uh, uh, there was Colin Clay. Was it Colin Clay? Yeah, yes. I knew it was a defensive. Uh, I line. looked it up earlier. You had Colin Clay, Enoch Jackson. Zach Zamos, Marcus Miller, Traylon Burks, and Adonis Ote. He also committed, but he ended up decommitting to go to USC. That's right. So you had six guys that came out of the uh, barbecue last year, the ah. Woo Pig Picnic, or Woo Picnic, that That's... ended up committing to the Hogs the week after uh, after the event. That's a big deal, and so that's why we're concentrating oh, yeah. on that. And I will have. Uh, for those of you who are subscribers of mine on YouTube that are curious as to whether or not I'm going to do a video on the subject, I am. Uh, obviously, with that many guys coming and going, I'm not going to go into a super amount of depth like we did here. But yeah, we'll I'll talk about more on the on the YouTube channel. So moving on, we addressed social media and we had we had you guys ask us your questions, and uh, we're going to read them and we're going to try and answer them one at a time. And I'll go first, Jacob. Okay. This is from Skittles. <laughs> Skittles, I love this guy. <laughs> He's, uh, he's been a follower of mine for a while on social media. Uh, he says, it's a two-parter, and I got to do this in under 30 questions. So I guess, te- or 30 seconds, rather. So I guess it's really, I'll go first, and you can answer the second part of the question. He says, question for Ty, any chance you'll start posting clips of this podcast on your YouTube channel? Question mark. Yes, but I'm not sure when, and hopefully sooner than later. Second part of the question, Jacob, you can answer it. Any plans... And I'm glad he asked this because, I mean, you can address it here. Any plans on adding the podcast to your website in the near future? So about a couple of weeks ago, I did add it to the the website. When you go to thehogpen.net, it's T-H-E-H-O-G-P-E-N.net. You can go to that website. It's our website. It has all our articles, but on the right side of the page, right under the advertisements, there is a link to our podcast there. So you can listen there. You can listen on Apple Podcasts. You can listen on Spotify and several more of these podcast platforms. There you go. And it, it is, it's over there to the right. I didn't see it at first, but it, it's right there almost. You look down and it's on the middle part of the screen. I've, I had someone else ask me about that 
a little while back, but uh, it is there. So go check it out, guys, and that way it's an easier if, – if you miss maybe a link that we post on social media and you don't want to have to go through all that, you can just go to the hogpin.net. It's right there on the right side of the screen. Do you want to answer uh, Justin Potts's question? On uh, Yes, Olympic? go ahead. Go ahead. A lot of Arkansas targets are, are committing – I don't have my glasses on. I need to blow this up. Committing other places left and right. So – uh, and we're going to have – are we going to have a down recruiting year by the end of it, or will he flip a few and snag some good ones before the end? Okay. I have another recruiting question after this. But uh, so as far as losing guys in state, this year it's a really weak recruiting class this year in the uh, class of 2020. You have Blaine Toll and then everybody else. Blaine Toll is your major get. You lose Robert Scott to Ole Miss. You have Jacoby Criswell. Uh, he's at North Carolina right now. And you have several guys. I mean, you're probably only going to get two or three of the guys in the class of 2020. And it's not like it's, oh, man, you're missing out on Stacey Wilkins. You're missing out on the guy from Jonesboro last year. Or you're missing out on Stephen Flanagan or Sean Flanagan, um, who was out of Charleston a couple of years ago. You're missing out on Luke Jones. Look, it's a, it's a down year, just like 2018 was. You're going to be lucky if you get three guys in state. But I don't think it's the end of the world because you're bringing in so many guys from Texas that are highly go. ranked. There you go. So, Ty, Brandon Crow says, will Arkansas have another top 25 class this year? Mm. Uh, you know, last year I think they wound up with a top 25 class because they were able to snag a lot of the in-state talent. And and even that's with missing out on Stacy Wilkins and uh, God the other one I'm brain farting at the moment the two tackles the two yes. four stars even though they missed out on those guys they were able to to wrap up the you know the in state talent the rest of it and then obviously they were able to snag some guys out of Texas that uh, that boosted the class but I'm gonna say this year you know it depends on the recruiting site but I'm gonna say last year it was unanimous ESPN rivals twenty four seven they I think they were top twenty five on all three of those. This year, I don't think that happens. I think, in fact, I think it's going to be pretty hard for them to do it on even just one of them because that 2-10 and 10 record is probably going to be you know, used against Arkansas, even though negative recruiting, I, I don't know if it's an officially a rule or not for the NCAA, but it's going, to, it's going to have an impact. And if you, based on where I'm projecting Arkansas this year right now, I don't know that you're going to have enough what do you want to call it? Uh, evidence to suggest that they're really turning the corner to a high school athlete, not to fans. Um, so right now I'm going to say no, but anything could happen. If this, if this barbecue is as successful as it was a year ago, anything could absolutely happen. Right now I'm going to say maybe one of the three, they'll have a top 25 class. Yeah. So real quick, uh, and we'll go back to the questions. I went through a hypothetical, you know, as you know, 24-7 Sports has a class calculator. And you can get exactly uh, the score of guys that you think will be ended up being Razorbacks. So I added Chris Morris, who I think Arkansas has a chance with, Garrett Hayes, Tyke Crawford. If we can get in with Jaron Thompson out of Lufkin, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but maybe. You have Martavius French, Chandler Morris, Bryson Eason, Blaine Toll. If you add an Alex Adams, because I think you get Alex Adams now that Jalen Polk is committed to Texas Tech. Yeah. You have uh, Savion Williams, John Gentry, Jamie Vance, Catrell Wallace. And I think being able to get into Whitehaven, there's another 
linebacker there that has power five offers out of Memphis Whitehaven to Marion McDonald. I think Arkansas might get him if they don't get Bryson Easton. I think you get Ray Curry Jr. out of Memphis, too. And then you add in Jashad Stewart, Mason Mangum, Alan Horace, Brandon Frazier, and the running back of the North uh, Little Rock, Brandon Thomas, who's 5'10", 190, ran for about 1,900 yards and 20 touchdowns this past season in seven, Class 7A Little Rock, or North Little Rock, for the Fighting Cats. So, okay. there, I mean, that he's pretty underrated, I think. If anytime you run for almost 2,000 yards at the high school level, I think you're pretty solid. He has 446 speed. So, you know, I wanted to add that in there because I, I just thought about that when uh, Mr. Crow asked that question. And that ended up giving Arkansas at least a chance for a top 20 class in, on 247 sports. So, wait, so you think top 20? It could be anywhere between 20 to 25. Okay. Depending on what players you put in and what players you take out. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm, – I don't know. I think a lot of it is going to hinge on what they do this season. Now, again, they went two and 10 last year and at the halfway point when we kind of saw them sort of flip things around on offense, they look like, Oh wow. They can, maybe they can compete a little bit. Right. You started to see players. They had guys commit halfway through the year when, even when yeah. they were bad, they had guys commit. Now they did whiff on a couple of linebackers at the end of the year recruiting. They, they whiffed on a couple of much needed linebackers and, I think that's going to hurt him in the future. I absolutely hate it when people say, "Ah, oh, well, whatever, let him go somewhere else." Not a big hit. Yeah, yeah. When you when you lose out on on those two linebackers, on who those guys were and what they, I think what they were capable of doing. Yeah, that's a big miss, and especially when you're as thin at uh, thin at linebackers, yes. Arkansas is. They need to get every linebacker they can get. I really wish they would, you know would sign more this class, but it doesn't sound like they're going to. It really sounds right. like they're going to stick with about three, maybe four guys. So right. the last thing, and then we have our – hopefully we have our interview next. It'll be the next segment, but one last thing, unless you have more, Jacob. No, uh, Brad, Brad Davis on Facebook. Again, forgive me, I do not have my glasses. Uh, he says, season football tickets – this isn't a question. Which I just wanted to address this. Season football ticket sales are down. For the first time, they're offering discount mini plans, which I did not know about that. Uh, did you know? Did, did you hear anything about that? These discount mini plans? I'm not a season ticket holder, so. My family is, but uh, I, that's the first thing I've heard about that. I've heard of mini in season mini ticket package plans, but okay. not on season tickets. Okay. Uh, the UA has screwed fans out of SEC games with two neutral SEC games. Yes, I believe the Little Rock game is a neutral game. There is no home field advantage in Little Rock. I let's see. I think he meant to say U of A wants to become relevant. They need to get all home SEC games on the hill. I want I want you to give your opinion on that, and then I'll I'll give you mine. We'll, we'll wrap. We won't make them long. We'll keep them yeah. short. Our responses. Yeah. So so as far as games Little Rock go. Uh, Little Rock games were special back. I think the last special Little Rock game was the 2011 game where they played New Mexico. I mean, it wasn't like it was a marquee game, but it was the red, white, and blue out. And I thought that was a pretty cool, uh, cool atmosphere. But since then, since the John L. years and then the Bielema years through the Rock, it doesn't look like anybody's really motivated to play in Little Rock anymore. The crowds don't turn out. The and that that's a shame because Little Rock it could be a home field advantage. 
but right now with with the limited seats the limited revenue uh for the u of a i think i mean it makes sense for for games to be taken out of little rock and being put on the hill i mean i can see brad's point here saying that they need to get all the sec games on the hill which i can respect that because you want to the sec games are the most important games every single season yep you know so why not have them in front of 80,000 fans on the hill so you okay you're in, you're in favor of putting all sec games in Fayetteville, of the home sec games in Fayetteville. i'm about 80 20 okay tell people where you live and how far that is from little rock okay. and Fayetteville. so i live in sheridan sheridan arkansas which is about 25 minutes south of little rock and i love the atmospheres in Fayetteville. i think there's none like it the tailgating scene in little rock okay that's great but i mean i'm not a drinker i don't really party and go to the tailgates or anything but i think it's a fun atmosphere to go out and on the old war memorial golf course i think that's a cool deal but i mean honestly the games over the past seven or eight years at little rock just have not had the turnout you're not averaging fifty-two thousand. you're not selling it out honestly the lsu game in 2010 was the last sellout for arkansas in little rock so i prefer i live in sheridan I prefer games to be played in Fayetteville. I don't care how far away it is. So I, I have family in Little Rock, and they absolutely – well, and I'm going to be real with you. I, I, I don't think it's personal, but they – obviously they want to keep – they want more games in Little Rock. They want, you know, two games a year in Little Rock and, um, you know, and, and hate that we're going away from that. And they also – there's this kind of strange – I don't know what you want to call it. There's this invisible line. Once you leave Northwest Arkansas, it, it kind of feels like the rest of the state just despises Northwest Arkansas. And, and maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. It feels that way. I've been on social media. I've had my YouTube channel for, for you know, what, going on three years. I definitely feel the heat from people outside of NWA. And there's this really bizarre kind of, I don't know, it's almost like a state-divided argument. And I get it. You know, people in Little Rock and, and down in your neck of the woods – Love that game in Little Rock. And like you said, the atmosphere, the environment hasn't been what it used to be. I've been to games, you know, LSU, uh, who was it, Mississippi State, when they had the mm-hmm. uh, they did the 9-11 tribute. Those were unbelievable environments. They were great. That was certainly yeah. – he says, you know, Brad says that there's uh, – he didn't feel like there's no home field advantage in Little Rock. When Arkansas is decent, yeah, there is. There most oh, certainly yeah. is a home field advantage. I have to disagree with that portion of it. But I agree with him in that they need to try to keep all the games in Fayetteville. All the SEC home games need to try to be in Fayetteville. And, I, and yeah. I, I agree with that. Now, you're recruiting the state of Texas. I used to be all for getting that game out of – out of uh, playing at Texas, get it, get the A and M Arkansas game as a home 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 at home series. Yeah, but with Chad Morris and how little we play in that state, you have to you have to be relevant in that state. You have to have a presence in that state. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I'd want to pull that game out anymore. I I don't know. I want every advantage possible when it comes to recruiting Texas, and if that means playing over there, then so be it. So Brad, you got to beat A and M first. What's that? Oh, yeah, you got to beat A&M. That's absolutely right. They haven't done that in uh, a while. Eight since, years. It's going to be eight since, years. Since before either of my kids were born. Um, yeah, so, Brad, we agree with you and we don't agree. I don't. Again, I don't think either of us agree that there's no home field advantage. There is. It's just like what Jacob said. 
lately the turnout and the turnout in Fayetteville has not been much better. No, not so, not the last couple of years. You got to win. You're up against TV. You're up against the, the the easy access of TV. And you know nowadays you live in a time where even if you don't have access to a game, just go just go to Reddit and you could probably find access just clicking on a link. So we live in a day and age where you're up against. Yeah. You know, you're up against the seat cushion, you know, so it's hard to get people to games, especially when you're losing. So but even look, when I when I go to Little Rock games or I go to Fayetteville games, the Ole Miss game this past year was a pretty cool atmosphere. I think the DJ was pretty live and I mean, it was pretty cool. It was a cool atmosphere, even though there's like 40,000 people there. Mm-hmm. But I look back at it, and I'm thinking all my best Razorback memories the last great Razorback memory I have in Little Rock is the two back-to-back Little Rock wins in 08 and 2010 against LSU and Little Rock. Those are the last two memorable games yeah. that I can remember. The Miracle Markham 2 and the the one where Kobe Hamilton had two eighty, one was 80 yards and one was 85-yard receptions for touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, I was ridiculous against LSU. And then you think about it, and I, I'm sorry if I'm keeping it too long, but this is what this is my thoughts. But if you think back into crazy Fayetteville atmospheres, I think of Ole Miss in 2016, Florida in 2016, um, Alabama. Uh, every single time Arkansas plays Alabama at home, I mean, it always brings a good crowd. Fans are always pumped. Yeah. Um, Texas in 2004. I can think of Georgia in 2009. You think of it. I mean, the Joe Adams punt return, the DMAC game against South Carolina where he runs for 321 yards. Our Fayetteville has had so many memories, so many great moments. There is no reason not to have all your SEC games in Fayetteville. But I, there's no, there's not a single reason not to have every single game in Fayetteville, all 12 or, I think, or eight of them. Yeah, the eight. They, uh, I, a friend of mine, he's a hog slash Georgia fan. Actually, it's Skittles who I'm talking about. Yes. He, uh, he's from, I think he's from Arkansas, but he's raised in Atlanta. He came to the to the game when uh, Ryan Mallett's first year. Yeah, when the Georgia. Georgia game. Yeah, he came to too. that game. Obviously, that was long before he and I knew each other. But he's he swears up and down that is the loudest game he has ever been to, and that game wasn't even sold out. No, I can remember seeing open seats, and he thought that was the loudest experience. Again, we're not trying to make the case that Fayetteville's louder than Little Rock necessarily, or that the environment's any better, but at the same time. There, are, there have been people on the other side of this who say that Fayetteville has no experience. When you've had two former Alabama quarterbacks admit that Fayetteville was one of the loudest places they've ever been. I've had oh, yeah. fans tell me from opposing teams they thought Fayetteville was a loud electric experience. Uh, I was at the, the Ala, or no, it was South Carolina when um, – I can't remember. My God, it's been so long ago. But uh, b- both Arkansas and South Carolina were really good, but both were had average records. And they didn't expect a whole lot of people there. And I, I swear there had to be – it wasn't a full stadium, but it was one of the loudest experiences I'd ever seen or heard. And I've been to a yeah. lot of games in Fayetteville. So, again, we're not trying to make the case necessarily for – or maybe we are. I don't know. Take it for whatever. But I agree they need all – the, all the games, all the home SEC games need to be in Fayetteville. I hate to abandon Little Rock, and I hope that's not how people view that. But I do think eventually within the I, I say within the next five to ten years they pull all the games probably oh, out yeah. of Little Rock. Yeah. So well that's gonna do it for this segment. Next up we're we're gonna have an interview with somebody special. So stay tuned for that. 
And if uh, you decide to part ways before the interview, thank you guys so much for stopping by the Hog Talk podcast brought to you by the Yellow Jacket Drive-In. And I am Ty Hudson from the Pictorial Network YouTube channel. And to my imaginary right is Jacob Scott Davis from... Wait, I thought I was on your left. You're on my left. You're right. Okay. My bad. Here you are. I, I'm, 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 I'm patting your shoulder. <laughs> but you can find him on, obviously, the Hog Talk on social media. Or you can go to his website, thehogpen.net. So, yeah. And and make sure uh, to get our message out there. Go out and, and like all our content, share it, and absolutely subscribe to our podcast on whatever so uh, uh, podcast platform you are you're listening to us on. Subscribe and uh, rate us five star, four star, whatever. But we prefer five stars uh, just to get our content out there and and. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Hey, listen, we live in an age where star stars matter. Ratings matter, right? If you yes. if you ride Uber, you're going to get rated by that driver. Or if you're an Uber driver, you know, you care about those ratings, right? And then you got these high right. school recruits that are all about their stars. We feel the same way. So yes. <laughs> please feel free to whatever. If you want to give us four or five stars, that'd be great. So yes. thank you guys so much and uh, enjoy the next segment. Welcome back to the Yellow Jacket Drive-In Studio. This is Jacob Davis and Ty Hudson from Picture Network. We have a special guest in the night, Chandler Morris, quarterback commitment of the 2020 class for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Chandler, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Man, we're glad to glad to have you on. Man, there's Ty and I, we, we're really pleased to have you on, and uh, we just have a couple of questions here that we're going to ask you. Uh uh, kind of what the what was the recruiting process like for you uh, throughout throughout uh, the past two years? Um, it was it was a, a dream come true, I guess. I've always wanted to play college football and uh, keep my football career going as long as I could. And uh, it was really stressful though at times, um, just trying to find the right fit for me, and then um, also having to deal with other stuff. Uh, during the recruiting, maybe not being recruited like a, the same as any other recruit would be. So, uh, so going in into uh, the 2019 season, what uh, what kind of things mechanic-wise are, are you going to work on? Or what have coaches uh, been asking you to work on? Um, I mean, the big thing that I'm focusing on going into this season is uh, – I guess getting through my, all my progressions a little more, maybe hitting my number four receiver in my progression. Um, I've seen on film from last year, I struggled at some times with that, missing a couple of receivers. And then uh, another one is uh, getting to my check down. I got to I gotta get him the ball um, and uh, just to keep the defense on their, on their toes, I guess. Right. So uh... – as a son of a head coach of a major D1 program, what what kind of things have you had to watch, you know, from from the uh, from the side? You know, what kind of things go on throughout a throughout that process of watching your dad go up through the ranks? Um, I mean, it's it's really good, I guess, because uh, I've been around football my whole life uh, because he's coached all my life, and um, I guess I, ha I know a little bit more than some other kids would know at my age about football, just the little things, and uh, um, how to 
just just things like that, I guess. And um, but it, it's been fun to go on that experience with him, going to different stadiums and uh, getting to experience everything that he's getting to. So Chandler, I mean, a lot of people they want to know why Arkansas. Not just your dad as the head coach, but what what made you choose Arkansas? Um, I mean, it's not main, the the main reason was not because of my dad. I mean, I love the the town of Fayetteville um, and the fan base. Obviously, is extremely passionate and uh, it's everything you look for in a in a program. You're in the best conference in the country, um, and it's just it's just a uh, it's got the ingredients to be uh, a successful uh, program. Absolutely. Any chance that you might be recruiting some big-time playmakers uh, at wide receiver and running back to play along with you? Oh, for sure. Uh, I'm really hard on those uh, Texas boys. They know a lot about me, I guess, and I, I hope I have their respect. Um, I'm one, I've been working on a bunch of them, trying to get them in the boat, and uh, – Oh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a really good class. What kind of goals do you set for your senior year? I mean, you had a state championship in the biggest classification in the state of Texas. So what kind of other goals? What do you want to accomplish before you graduate high school? Um, I want to get first team all state uh, this season. I want to throw for about 4,500 yards this season. Um, and... I want to try and break 80 touchdowns total this coming season, and uh, obviously a 16-0 and perfect record state championship with my teammates. Man, that, you can't beat that. You're a team player. You've been around the game a while. Uh, you get done with your professional career. Is there a chance we'll see a Chandler Morris on the sideline as a, uh, a, a football coach one of these days? <laughs> that, that's the plan. And you have a great, uh, you have a great family. We're we're happy to have you at Arkansas, and we're gonna wish you the best uh, throughout your senior season. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on the Hog Talk tonight, bud. Yes, sir. Thank you. Well, that was our final segment here on the Hog Talk podcast. A special thank you to our guest. Chandler Morris for taking a little time out of his day to talk with us. Unfortunately, I was unable to join in on the conversation due to technical difficulties, but it was great having him on. So that's going to do it. I'm Ty Hudson from the YouTube channel, the pig trail network. Don't forget to rate us here on iTunes. Give us that star power, baby. And we're now available on iHeartRadio as well. So more ways to listen to us here on the HTP. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, thanks again to Chandler for giving up his time to talk with us. Uh, it was a big blessing to have him on tonight. This is episode number seven of the Hog Talk podcast, powered by the Yellow Jacket Drive-In. The top power washing crew in all of Arkansas is Winston Power Washing. Based out of Sheridan, Arkansas, Jackson and his guys are ready to give you your home, your business, your town, or anything. A new update, a bath, and way much more. With top equipment and fast work, Jackson can get your place ready to have you up and going and ready to impress your visitors. Go look them up today, www.facebook.com slash Winston Power Washing. At McCoy Tiger Joe, they are your one-stop shop for all your needs, whether it's prescriptions, jewelry, t-shirts, and more. You can get it all here. They have your shingles, pneumonia, tetanus, and all shots under the sun, and all the prescription drugs you need. At 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan, Arkansas, Sparky, Casey, and the whole gang 
are ready to assist you in all your needs. Call them today at 870-942-5121. The Yellow Jacket Drive-In of Sheridan gives you fast, friendly service and burgers that will please your palates. Ice cream that would treat you like no other. Their food is cooked to order and it's definitely not fast food at all. Always fresh and never frozen, the Yellow Jacket Drive-In, located at 100 North Rock Street in Sheridan, Arkansas. Call your order in ahead, 870-942-2486. TMK Properties is your premier real estate agency for people looking for homes in Sheridan, Arkansas, and all of Grant County. Mary Kay, Tony, Laysan, Jenica, and Lee are there to assist you and do everything they can to make your home buying experience smooth as possible. Their phone number for their office is 870-942-0800. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.